Welcome to the Mike Davis Show, St. Augustine this evening. It is October the 9th, Monday, and I want you all to know the long-anticipated, much-awaited return of Blake is... Oh, I'm sorry, it's Amanda tonight. Amanda is here with us. Hi. Welcome back. Thanks. She wanted today off, too. I said, you're not Mike Davis. You have to go to work. I asked you because Bobby asked me if we had a show today, and I mm. wanted to double check. We have a show. And so I asked you. Not because Wait, I didn't Blame it on here. Bobby. I can show you the message. Wait Bobby, to not take... When Bobby gets here, we'll ask Bobby to confirm. When Bobby gets here, Bobby has to confirm. <laughs> he actually Bobby. asked you that We yes. said his name three times, so he popped in. Look at you, Boomer. No, I didn't. I'm just doing a Melfi. Mm-hmm. Pete did that last week during one of the shows, so that's now known as a Melfi. That it is, is a Mike now, Davis. It's a Melfi. Now that that's happened on his All right, Bobby, 904 now. Can you confirm that you asked me if we were having a show tonight? Add it in the comments, because Mike doesn't think that's the way this happened. Bobby, you would say anything to get Amanda's favor. Oh, that's not true. All right, Bozard, Ford, Lincoln, and St. Augustine, their goal is to make sure your time and experience buying a new or used vehicle is fun, stress-free, and enjoyable. Bozard Ford has been a Ford dealership here, family-owned since 1949 in St. Augustine, and they have been ranked the number one dealer in the country by autumn. You take one word out of a sentence, and Mike Davis just, I feel like Ron Burgundy. Miss me? (laughs) I feel like Ron Burgundy. They're the number one ranked automotive dealership in the nation by Dealer Raider, and Bozard Ford has also won back-to-back President's Awards. They're an amazing company. They do tons of stuff here in town. Go out and see them. They'll help you find that newer used car and stop at Ford's Garage and pick up the 904 Now Burger or one of the other ones that might be my favorite, too. Ugh, oh, rude. Terrible. A to Z offers free estimates and has been serving St. John's County for over 20 years in the construction industry. A to Z offers painted metal roofs for saltwater area homes with warranties for up to 25 years. They also offer shingle roofs with warranties for up to 50 years. They install tile roofing, cedar shake shingles, designer roofing, and flat roof coverings. Recent job photo- photos with material descriptions can be seen at A to Z roofing and waterproofing.com. Call Chuck McCone and his team. They will cover your roof. I've got Ward Medical Services. They are the only local family-owned medical equipment supplier in the St. John's County area. They are trusted by local doctors and hospitals and have been for over 22 years. Ward Medical should be your first call for everything from wheelchairs, home oxygen, and sleep therapy equipment and supplies. Stop by their local showroom at 2435 US 1, just south of Walmart in the Lewis Point Plaza. You can also call them at 904-794-9600 Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 from our home to yours, Ward Medical Services. And SolarStick, established in 2006, they're a local portable power company proudly committed to American manufacturing, constant innovation, and creating jobs right here in St. Augustine, Florida. SolarStick's focus on providing solutions for self-sufficiency helps users all over the world Complete missions and save lives. Solar stick changing lives, saving lives, and reviving American manufacturing right here in the nation's oldest city. We also had the Bozard Ford community update. Uh, Veterans Day is a month away, mm-hmm. um, and they are going to have a celebration at Anastasia Baptist Church. Yep. It's hosted by the Veterans Council of St. John's County and the Military Officers Association of America, Ancient City Chapter, Inc. <sighs> I'm glad they went with a short version of the name. <laughs> uh, but they, they will have that at 11 a.m. on November the 11th. Um, these are always great programs if you get a chance to go. Mm-hmm. And Bill Dudley will be here. 
on the 11th, which is two days from now, to tell us all about this. All right. So, but I just wanted to get the update out there and remind you that Bill is coming to see you. It's always a great show when Bill Dudley shows up. Absolutely. Just like when Amanda's here to bring the brains. Huh? What? No. Yes. Not that. You are the brains of this operation. <gasps> all right. <laughs> we're um, going down in flames, folks. Well, what do you, at least we were up in the air with you. With me, we never got off the ground. So all right. there's a little bit of symmetry there. You at least got us up in the air before you crashed us. All right. All right. So uh, speaking of things crashing and burning, Mm -hmm. uh, the Middle East. Yeah. So I started watching this weekend and I watched a lot. I actually watched videos and stuff that was posted online Mm -hmm. and some of it was rather disturbing. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, right. This is an area that for 3,000, 4,000, well, since the beginning of time, yeah. has been in conflict. Absolutely. Uh, and the, just the thought of the number of people that have died and passed away because no one wanted to make peace yeah. is absolutely amazing to me. Uh, when other parts of the world have seemed to like, okay, well, yeah, we, we didn't agree for a while, but now we're going to get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, this region has been unable to accomplish that. And yes, yes, I know there are all kinds of bad actors. And yes, there have been things that have been done that are bad. Um, killing civilians is a horrible thing, mm-hmm. uh, but it seems like that's, that's what Hamas wants to do. Um, they yeah. kidnap people. Um, <laughs> they actually put out a statement today that if the Israelis, uh, bomb a building with civilians without warning them, the civilians in the building, they're going to do it, which apparently yes. is the Israelis do. Mm-hmm. They send out some sort of text warning. How they've hacked all of the people in Gaza's cell phones is, is beyond me, but they tell them we're going to bomb this building. Um, if, if they, do kill a civilian, according to Hamas. Hamas um, is going to retaliate by killing a civilian that they have kidnapped from Israel. Which, you have to think about this. If you harm our civilians, we will harm yours that we've already kidnapped. Yeah, that we're already actively harming. Boy, that's a way to de-escalate that. Yeah. You know, so any, I, it's just some of the the, um, the violence and the hatred and the stuff that went on this weekend was absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a music festival across the border uh, promoting peace. I think over 260 people died. That's what I found. 260 bodies were found at the Israeli festival after the attack. Yeah. And and I think they came in on uh, paragliders. Somebody flying the paraglider and somebody else with like a machine gun. I mean, some of the some of the scenes were just were pretty horrible. So. Well, so those are just the ones, the bodies that have been found. Evidently, numerous people were also abducted. Mm-hmm. It's just an absolute massacre. It's uh, terrible. And I, I will, this is a horrible thing to say, but, but Hamas had a, they had a plan. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a complicated plan and they seem to uh, have pulled off a large portion of that. I'm sure some parts of it didn't happen, Yeah, but it was a complete and utter surprise to the Israelis, which you, we've heard for years that the Israelis intelligence agencies are some of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. They missed all of that. Yeah. They missed every bit of it. So uh, my fear, um, and I, I'm one of those guys that has the bigger, broader rate fears of things in the world, uh, is that the Israelis get involved in a war in Gaza with Hamas and then Hezbollah uh, decides that they're going to start acting up in the northern part of Israel. Yeah. And that becomes an even bigger problem for the Israelis. Well, That's my fear. The latest death toll that I have here is 700 people have lost their lives in Israel and an unknown number of people have been abducted. Uh, I was at 900 earlier in the day, but that doesn't okay. mean that's the latest number because it's an ongoing moving That's just target, what I have so. here. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, right. I think all of that is, and is pretty horrible. Um, this was something shocking to me. 
uh, the Israelis have now said to their citizens, uh, yes, you can carry a gun. I'm trying to figure out how living in, in a country where all the other countries around you mm-hmm. want to annihilate you, you're mm-hmm. being told by your government, no, you really don't need a gun. Yeah. I'm trying to figure that one out, but apparently that's the way that it is. Um, and they're going to expedite the process where you can't just start carrying one. You still have to get a permission to carry one in an emergency circumstance, but it'll be a phone interview. I'm thinking to myself, I'm not waiting for the phone interview if yeah. I'm over there. I, I'm kind of, and, and I can't believe that you have an entire population of a religious group that the Nazis attempted to exterminate that would de-arm themselves mm-hmm. peacefully. Yeah. I can't imagine once you survived and escaped that you'd be willing to give up a gun for any reason. Yeah, that's wild. I just can't. I think the disparity in our numbers is that it's somewhere between 600 and 700 Israelis that have died and somewhere between 400, uh, just over 400 Palestinians have died. Okay. So I think that's the disparity in our numbers. Yeah. And there's uh, at least 100 people have been taken hostage. I think nine or I think nine Americans have lost their lives was the latest number that I saw. Yeah. Which, again, all of this is, um, in my opinion, crazy. Yeah, it's it's so senseless. There's never been a peacemaker that has survived in the Middle East. Yeah. It doesn't matter which one it is. If you try peace over there, they generally um, end your life in a horrible way. Well, it's it's sort of the litmus test of peace through strength. That seems to be the only way that you can you can get the bombs to stop falling, or or peace through atrocity. I'm not. I I'm just. I just think it's awful. Is what I think. So there's a a sect of the Muslim faith that believes that their version of, you know, God returning to earth can't happen until the blood, the the streets of Israel are completely flooded with blood. Um, until Israel's destroyed, Allah can't return. So that is a sect in the Muslim faith. I believe they're, they're from, they're referred to as the 12th Imam or the 12th Imamers. Um, so that's part of the reason why there's just not peace. There's a group of people that believe, yeah, they, the only peace that they, they will be happy with is total annihilation of mm-hmm. Israel. And that's part of their bringing God back to earth. And so there's, what do you do with a group of people that, well, there's no, I don't know if somebody wants you exterminated. There's a way to live in peace with them. Yeah. Right. If there's a stated goal. So the last time, uh, and I think it was about 10 years ago, uh, 12 years ago, that the Israelis went into uh, Lebanon, mm-hmm. it did not go well for them. No. Uh, Hezbollah was waiting for them, had a lot of tank traps for them, had a lot of stuff set up. Um, I don't think that, the, I, I do not think that Hezbollah kept that information to themselves. Yeah. So the Israelis are getting ready to go into Gaza where they're, you know, maybe they're thinking they haven't set all these traps for us. But uh, if they go under the same tactics they went in 12 years ago, I I have fears for how long this thing goes and how bad it becomes. So, so I have friends that are in Israel right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 
a family with three children um, who are in their late teens, early 20s. And um, the dad was unfortunately just diagnosed with um, a fatal cancer and the family wanted to get back to Israel uh, before he passes uh, for one more tour. And so he worked through treatments and regained enough strength to be able to go on this tour. So they're there now. And so they've been posting updates about um, the alerts that they're getting. And you said, you know, these are Americans. They mm -hmm. don't, they're not Israelis. And so they are getting phone alerts. She's posted screenshots of the phone alerts that she gets, um, rocket attacks, what time they're happening in the location. And so that's, there's evidently some sort of alert system that if you're within the borders of Israel, you get alerts and warnings on um, bomb attacks that have been identified. And I'm assuming that's how they're also sending the message. Um, hey, we're, we're going to bomb this building. Get out. Mm -hmm. um, we dropped flyers before we dropped the atom bomb. I mean, there are certain there are countries that want to minimize minimize civilian death um, wherever possible in horrible situations like this. And so I think it's admirable that Israel is trying to minimize death while defending themselves. Um, I hate that they have to do this. It's, it's heartbreaking. It is. All around. 100%. So uh, the closest the bombs have gotten to my friends have been uh, about three and a half miles away from their hotel. And this is why there's a lot of uh, people from our church that have said, hey, we're going to Israel. They've gone to Israel. Mm -hmm. They've come back. They've, they've loved it. It's a great trip. Mm -hmm. I have uh, relatives that just went and loved every bit of it. Mm -hmm. And people will ask me and I'm like, no, nah, I'm okay. Yeah. I don't need to go. I want to go. I, you, you can go when it's safe, young lady. And I'll tell you when it's safe and it's not safe. Between you and my mom, I don't think I'm going anytime You're soon. You're not allowed to go. But I do want to go. Your dad was sitting here. He would tell you the same thing. Well, he doesn't have to. My mom would say it. Yeah, you're not allowed to go. Your mom is right. Your dad is right. You're not allowed to go. And my mom is probably watching right now. So yeah. drop it in the comments. Am I allowed to travel to Israel? No. <laughs> yeah. That's a solid no. That's a solid no. You remember all the really bad ideas you had when you were in middle school? Those are allowed, but the Israel thing is not. No. <laughs> Oh, no, I had some pretty bad ideas no. in middle school. <laughs> I know. It's still a better idea than going to Israel right now or yeah. anytime. I don't know. I just It's not a place I want to go to because it's just, I don't want to be there when random violence breaks out. Well, I agree, I'm but okay I do want to tour Israel. I'm okay. I also want to dive in a, in a rift of the ocean floor off the coast of Iceland so I can touch North America and Europe continents at the same time. How deep do you have to go? Not that deep. Okay. Yeah. Relatively speaking. <laughs> Relatively speaking. Just thousands of feet. Hey, they've, no. got, a, they've got a guy that designed a submersible just you for can, that. You can scuba dive. You don't need yeah. a submersible. Yeah. That's how you can touch it. Yeah. And I'm, you don't even need a dry suit. I'm glad Robin got there in 83. Yeah. But 83 was still bad. That's when they bombed the barracks. Yeah. That's what we had. The young man from St. Joe had graduated a year before me was there deployed. Mm -hmm. And he happened to be because he spoke a, a different language. I think it was French. He was at the French barracks. Mm -hmm. So the U.S. barracks. And that's why he survived. Wow. Yeah. He was on loan. So, yes. My mom chimed up in the comments. I'm not allowed to go right now. Mm -hmm. No, not allowed. I just got back mm -hmm. from vacation, so it's going to nope. be a while before I can get a vacation nope. approved again. <laughs> it's a giant no. You're not allowed to go. Okay. All right.
Send our prayers the- are with all of you in Israel. Yeah. And just peace. We just want peace. And I hope that there's a way to do that. Right. I don't know. So we're going to completely shift gears. Done. You were on vacation last week. How was your mm-hmm. vacation? Fantastic. Had a fantastic vacation. Where did you go? We went to uh, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We toured Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge area. Um, we did. I wish they had a resort there. I wish they had a place where you could go ride rides and you could go. Do we the did thing. not if go to Dollywood. Only they had something like that. Dollywood was too expensive <laughs> for us. So we didn't go to Dollywood. Uh, we went to Ober Gatlinburg oh. where they have indoor ice skating rink. And so my kids got to learn mm-hmm. to ice skate. Mm-hmm. I first time I was on skate since my honeymoon mm-hmm. and I didn't fall and die. So yay. That's good. That's good. Um, they have ice bumper cars, which was super fun. Everybody in the family really enjoyed those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alpine slides and a form of roller coaster, uh, ski lifts also. Okay. So they have something called the Tennessee flyer mm-hmm. and it's like, it's, they pull you up to the top of the hill. And then gravity just takes over and you can control how fast you go. And so they they pull you up and it's beautiful because it's just you on this little sled. And so you're just going through the trees and it's super peaceful and you get to the top and then you're on your own and you just zigzag and loop-de-loop all the way I back. like Mario Kart downhill. Mm-hmm. Cool. It was great. I didn't hit the brake once. You didn't hit the brake Louis once. Louie did. <laughs> so four of us did the coaster. Uh, the pictures you are really want to go overseas. <laughs> I didn't hit the brake once going down. Were you just like, I'm a mother of three. I've got this. I don't need any help. Well, based on the weight limit, I was at least 100 pounds under the weight limit. So I knew that they had tested it with over that weight limit. So I knew that it was safe for someone of my weight to How did go Louis down get it to ride on it because he's bigger than you. I know. He hit the brake. <laughs> Just just, He's not a hundred pounds plus bigger uh, than me. I don't know about that. I've <laughs> seen. Them. So the picture is funny because Gavin and I are smiling and like obvious art where our hand position is. Mm-hmm. We're like going full tilt. Yep. And then um, the, our bonus daughter, we call her and Louie, they were uh, slightly more nervous <laughs> and obviously on the break. <laughs> We were going so fast on the turn that my necklace is sliding sideways. I, I would like to think that I wouldn't have hit the brake. I did I, not. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it, my friends and I all learned how to play the game pole position. Uh-huh. So it came out in the 80s. Uh, it was an arcade video game. And um, you had a brake mm-hmm. and you shifted gears. Okay. So high and a low gear. And uh, we just decided that we would play the game, getting to the highest gear we could get to as fast as we could. And you weren't allowed to use the brake. Yeah. You had to keep your foot on the pedal the entire time. And there was one hairpin turn that just got us for the longest time until (laughs) we figured out you just took the wheel and you literally just went went like this going in the turn and just spun it as hard as you could (laughs) and then grabbed the wheel when you came out of the turn. Mm -hmm. And then you could make it. It, wow. it was the coolest thing. And uh, I could walk up to a pole position game for the next 25 years. There was in some corner of an arcade that no one had played for months and drop a quarter in and set a high score. Yeah. Not because no one else had played, which they hadn't, but because you knew the and trick. I got extended time all the time because you knew the trick. I figured out yeah. the trick because my friends and I were like, we're just not going to use the brakes. Which kid like almost rage quit and just went. F it and just spun it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't know which one did. But Somebody you, had to have. That's the only way you figured that out. And you have to remember, this was a time whenever someone yelled, I'm making a run during asteroids. 
everyone would run over to see because they would just get so frustrated playing. They would point the ship straight up mm -hmm. and just go as fast as they could. And people would start counting one, two, three. <laughs> oh, right. I think some guy made four runs. Because right? yeah. it was just a straight up, how lucky can you be with the asteroids that are left? Yeah. I'm tired of playing. I'm not going to win. Yeah. So, yeah, all kinds of um, stupid stuff that we did as kids. Bobby, I didn't see a Tweetsie Railroad near where we were. Uh, there is a railroad, but I can't remember what it was called, but it wasn't Tweetsie. Um, so we did a couple of different ski lifts. The The haunted mansion that I went to in third grade. Is still there. Is still there. Still it's, haunted. It's called the Mysterious Mansion. Mm. And so I, I have told the kids the story of me going through the Mysterious Mansion and how my dad convinced me to go in with him. So my brother and I were there. And so my kids have heard that story. So when we found out that the mysterious mansion was still there, they were all about going. Mm -hmm. Some of them did. Um, some of them made it through. <laughs> and it was uh, quite the dramatic experience. Uh, the Titanic M Museum is there. And um, so my girls wanted to go through that. So we did that. My mom and I took the girls. Mm -hmm. It was very enjoyable experience in Tennessee. Um, the Titanic Museum is very moving. I didn't call you one time and ask if you were coming in. I know. I started to dial the number several times. And yeah. I was like, no, Amanda's off this week. I am off. I was going to text fact, you messages. Though. I was going to text you stories. I was going to text you things. But I said, Amanda's off. Just leave Amanda alone. Let Our Amanda Clemson be. homecoming weekend was a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. The game was ugly, but at least we won. It shouldn't have been close at all. It was so ugly. But we won. I feel like Florida Just State barely. And, and Clemson have kind of switched roles Ugh. slightly this year. So the team is We're rebuilding. We're winning ugly, and you guys are winning and losing ugly. So The team is rebuilding, but our coaching staff is rebuilding also. And so it's it's an ugly experience. Uh, when Brent Venables yeah. left for Oklahoma. Oh, that one hurt. Uh, that hurt. He was a very good defensive coach. He was a very good defensive coach. And, and he just had a huge win against Texas. On yeah. I miss Venerables. I know. I miss the guy that held him back. The comeback coach. The comeback coach. Well, he doesn't run out there now as a head coach. He's not that way. But as an assistant coach, I guess it was like, yeah. I'm not the head coach. I can do whatever I want over here. <laughs> Maybe that was in his contract. You have to stand well, still so on the sidelines. Our offense did not play great. Our defense played. They are the reason why we won the game. And the referees were terrible. Mm -hmm. So it's usually a pretty... Um, pretty respectful crowd in the Clemson Stadium. Like, if you cuss, then you can get kicked out of the Clemson Stadium. If you're a drunken idiot, you're getting kicked out. Um, but those refs got booed a lot. So the higher up you are in mm -hmm. the standings, the better the refs you get. Mm -hmm. So as Clemson has fallen, you're getting the refs that FSU used to have. We're getting terrible refs. Georgia hasn't seen these refs since the 70s. Ugh. They're terrible. Yeah. And I knew it was going to be bad because the first... Not even three minutes of gameplay. Mm -hmm. They the 90s, I guess. there was a call made. Another play happened, and then they interrupted the next play, and then reviewed the call from two plays before, resended it, and then it was like those plays just didn't happen. Do you it was feel ugh, like you were watching a season of Dallas. That ended badly. I was very young. When you Dallas don't even was, remember no. that. I remember. Got shot. They thing. did an entire season. It was horrible. And then they, at the very end, they're like, 
Oh, yeah, he's alive. <laughs> it's all been a dream. The last year was a dream. It just didn't happen. I would tell my parents that those grades you got in college for me. They were just a dream. How you know the entire writing and producing team got fired and oh, replaced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a dream, everybody. Well, it wasn't just them. I'm sure JR thought, you know, Larry Hagman, I, I've got a great career. I'm now JR. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Is my Eric phone Schultz working? Eric made Hello? that call also with NYPD Blues. Yeah. Remember the redhead? He was like him. the hot breakout star of NYPD Blues. Mm -hmm. And so he left. So he could strike while the iron was hot and turns out it wasn't hot. It was NYPD blues. That was hot. <laughs> he, he only, he made a couple of movies that never really went anywhere. Yeah. He was, he was always that guy that, I mean, he wasn't a bad actor, but he just, he never really caught on. Um, yeah. It just wasn't good. He wasn't leading man material. And no. I don't think he wanted to play the, the character parts. All right. So uh, politically uh, today, we have a new entrant into the presidential race. Do we? Yes. Mike RF, Davis has announced his no, run. <laughs> no, no, no. Mike Davis is running for the border. Um, if that happens. Um, RFK, it's wide open. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't think it's good. I don't think they're going to stop me. We have a story about that coming up next, too. Uh, RFK Jr. is now running as an independent because they would not allow uh, basically a Democratic primary and they wouldn't allow debates and all the other stuff. Um, he just said, I'm going to run as an independent. Uh, there's a lot of people on the left that are furious because mm -hmm. they're afraid that he will pull people from the left. He will. Um, I, and I think he 100% does. I also think he'll pull a few people from the right he's because pull, he's kind of all over the place on certain ideas. Yeah, he's going to pull the... So the Blue Dog Democrats were a thing when I was a kid. and I've seen them in museums. They've been politically homeless for a while. And so... A lot of them went with Trump because Trump was in many ways a blue dog Democrat for most of his life. And so they were fine voting for Trump. And so they're going to pull those those Trump voters away. Also, mm -hmm. the traditional traditionally left leaning voters that jumped, jumped the line for Trump. They're going to they're going to be tempted. Well, I, I think there's just some of that. They'll pull. I think there are uh, people that did not approve of some of the mandates that were handed down a few years ago, mm -hmm. um, and they're 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 firmly going to be with RFK Jr. Yeah, he has explained ad nauseum in every one of his interviews what he believes in and doesn't believe in along those categories. So yeah. I think that will be interesting to see who he ends up pulling. I think you'll have. Um, I do think more people on the left will stay with him. People on the right might on the right might flirt with him, but then realizing when they get to the end, they I think they'll have a, a more of a tendency to come home. Um, it's going to be very interesting. There's a lot of negative polling both on Trump and Biden right now. Mm -hmm. uh, where some an article I read today is it might be more like the 2016 election, where in 2020 people told themselves they could like Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. They're finding out eh, maybe I didn't like him because a lot of his policies have not gone well. When the economy was good, they were willing to stomach Joe Biden. And now maybe not. And the and again, I say this, the, the media has silenced Trump and by silencing him, his popularity has gone up. He, his popularity went down because you had him on TV all the time. Mm -hmm. And the more he talked, the more he alienated people. Now you won't let him talk. You won't give him a format yeah. to talk. And so people aren't hearing what he's saying. Trump is the most popular when he isn't allowed to say every thought that pops into his head. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's just the reality. (laughs) Yeah, I I just, I'm trying to figure out what Bobby's telling me in code here. Um, I think I was suggested for Speaker of the House. Yes. And then I could get rid of Matt Gaetz. Uh, There's rumor that he might be gone anyway. Well, I think that Matt Gaetz has perhaps overplayed his hand, which is something that he was frequently guilty of growing up. And so I think he might have just shot himself in the foot as far as his presidential aspirations, but we'll see. I I disagree. Okay. Because if anybody stands up to the swamp, mm-hmm. no matter how crazy the left thinks they are and the and the moderate Republicans kick them out, it just makes them more popular with what is now the base of the Republican Party. But anyone that has stood up to the swamp has also had or thus far, the people that you're referring to mm-hmm. have had the support of the more genuine conservative talking heads. Oh, I disagree completely. Donald Trump won in 2016 and not one talking head was for him. That's not true. Besides, Rush Limbaugh. And Rush was not for him in the beginning. It was hilarious for me to watch that because I always felt like Rush Limbaugh had the pulse of conservatives around the country. But early on in the primary, he... He came around real fast. He came around when he saw... But he, I, I think he was another one that believed Trump will burn out. Mm-hmm. Trump will say something and he'll go away. And I don't want to be too much on the Trump train. And I really want... I, I, I think Rush was stuck kind of where I was at the beginning of, mm-hmm. of Trump coming down the escalator. I can't take this guy that had a reality TV show seriously that has said some crazy things over the years. But when I looked at what the options were and how, how they were going to get clobbered by Hillary, it was like, God, it's the only guy that can win. And I think a lot of other people came to that conclusion. Rush got there late. When he got there, he was there. But it was one of those few times I'd ride down the road listening to him thinking, you're missing this, Rush. You're missing this. You're pushing the guy who's going to be the next runner up. You need to let this I don't go. think it was as late I, as you it think was, it was. It was late. It when was late in my mind. Did. It wasn't the day yeah. after the escalator. Therefore, it was late. Uh, I can, how about that? I can date it so I can't lose. <laughs> if it wasn't August of 2015, when I boldly said that Trump would win, he was late. One of the few times Rush was wrong. Mm. Behind me. August 2015? Rush did not, in, did not come around to Trump until, I would say, it was almost all the way through the primary season. The New Yorker says early 2016. But who believes the New Yorker? Gosh, could you pick a reliable source? Right. And don't pick that show either because they're on CNN. For sure. <laughs> what, a, <laughs> what an oxymoron that is at CNN. Reliable source. All right. Yeah, the best thing. Andy says the best thing for Trump is silence. And Andy is right in his earlier comment about Miami. Uh, that may or may not be a trivia question on Thursday. What? Yeah, because somebody is Something a huge Miami, Miami fan. Yeah, I, I know Miami okay. fans. All right. I watched that. I was like, oh my gosh, did I just see that? Did that just happen? Yeah. And another thing in sports, if the Braves don't win tonight, we're in deep trouble because we got to win in Philadelphia twice. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, The Hill reported on March 2nd that on Wednesday, so sometime before the second, Rush had said that it's clear that Donald Trump is eyeing the Oval Office. He's reported him early 2016. Okay. So at least six months late. That was long before I ever Six months late. Oh. And Jim, Jim is back. Welcome, Jim. 
I haven't seen Jim in the comments in a long time. Yeah. Yep. Hi, Jim. Yes, he did. He did. He looked like, I don't know. He looked like Ross Bro. He's much taller. He's a very big man, Jim. Ross Bro is a very short guy. Yes. Everyone says that Trump is huge compared to Ross Bro. Ross was a little man. Hi, Andy. I agree with Andy that the I'm best not, thing for Trump is silence. I'm not a little man, Jim. I'm not. I'm a big yeah. guy. I'm really He's big. Very large hands. Lots of people say I'm big. Lots very, of people. Everyone says he has very large hands. <laughs> That's such a wild oh thing. Oh my! So my issue. So the problem with Trump and connecting with his base at that I see going into the the coming weeks is that Trump really wants to tout Project Warp Speed and yeah. the products of Project Warp Speed as a big win for him. And most of the people that support him aren't a big aren't typically big fans of the products of Project Warp Speed. So I, I go back to what I just said about Rush. Mm -hmm. 99% of the time, or 99.9 as he loved to say, 99.98, mm -hmm. right? Rush was right. He was late on the Trump because of this. For some reason, and maybe it's because um, Trump was involved in, in Operation Warp Speed, right? Mm -hmm. He does not see that as a blind spot for him. He doesn't. To, to him, he sees that as something he should trumpet. Mm -hmm. I am sure he has staff that are saying, you got to stop. Now, I will also it's tell you, on it's interesting we're having this conversation because Donald Trump apparently had people listen to conservative talk radio for months before he came down the escalator and decided mm -hmm. to run. Yep. Right? He had a room full of people listening to talk radio. And what were people saying? Mm -hmm. Right. And who was the main guy on talk radio that you could listen to at that time? It was Rush. And get, was Rush Limbaugh. Mm -hmm. Now, Rush has unfortunately and, and has passed away. He's mm -hmm. gone on to a better place, right? But On uh, Ash Wednesday. On, but when you, when you look at trying to listen to talk radio today mm -hmm. and gather where conservatives are, good luck. Yeah. Because there's not a dominant voice in conservative media anymore. There's a lot that are maybe regional or have a following, but there's just not. A dominant. If you ask me to tell you who the dominant talk radio guys, I don't think Dan Bongino is. Yeah. I, I don't think um, Brian Kilmeade is. I don't. Th I definitely know Sean Hannity is not. Mm -hmm. um, maybe Mark Levin. Maybe, mm -hmm. um, but none of them have the following of. A I Rush would Limbaugh. say there's like there's a top five bench, mm -hmm. and but there's not one single voice. Yes, I mean there was definitely the. There was the single voice and, you know, everyone else was, had their take, but mm -hmm. it wasn't, it's just not the way it was. Well, I, I think that Rush carried all of those people, mm -hmm. right? Because you might listen to what they had to say. You might listen if they were copying Rush. Um, but when Rush went away, a lot of that support went away. Now, at the same time, I, I'm not bemoaning this on the conservative side. You can get your news from so many other places. Yeah. Right. I listened to Rush and a lot of times I listened to him on the weekends. Mm -hmm. I would catch up or I'd look and see what he was talking about. Um, the early days, I, I mean, I was glued to him 12 to three as much yeah. as I could possibly could because there wasn't replays of him. Um, and, and on the liberal side of things, I don't think anybody's watching the network news anymore. If you're watching the network news, you're like the last of the, yeah. the dragon, their writers. There's just no more that no one's watching it anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, they're getting their news from other sources and 
it's just old, it's tired, it's done. Young people don't want to watch it anymore. They'd rather yeah. get a headline from somewhere than actually do an in-depth read. So, yeah. So Jim asks, do we suppose RFK Jr. thinks the Kennedy legacy is large enough to carry an independent party? So I had heard speculation that even though he's not a libertarian, that he would attempt to become the libertarian candidate because the libertarian already has, um, they already have a presence on all 50 states ballots. Mm -hmm. Independent, you have to fight the battle of just getting on the ballots. There's not necessarily a guaranteed ballot location in all 50 states mm -hmm. for an independent. Yes. So it's a much harder road to hoe. It's a hard road to hoe. Um, no, I don't. I think he's doing this out of what he sees as a principle. Mm -hmm. He's got issues that are near and dear to him. This is a platform for him to, to talk yeah. about those. And he is going to be a player in this, right? Mm -hmm. He could late in the race come and go, look, I'm, I'm folding my tent. I'm supporting Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to run all the way and hurt Joe Biden. I, I can't mean, see that he would support jump ship to Joe Biden. I, I can't either. Right. I can't, but I also, it's politics. I don't dismiss anything. Yeah. Um, but the other, for me, I will, I will tell you this 30 years ago when Perot ran, I would have said, there's no way an independent can win. Mm -hmm. uh, every election cycle uh, that we go through, that we're going through now where the voters have um, choices that they have to hold their nose and go vote. Mm -hmm. um, or uh, they have to go through two more years or four more years of ineptness, whether it's on the Democrat side or the Republican side of being able to run the greatest country in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. You are getting closer to that independent run where somebody will win. It will fracture and crush both parties. And it might be the best thing that has ever happened to this country because both parties right now are an abject and abysmal failure in my mind. Absolutely. I think the best chance that a third party has had to actually be a force in a presidential election was the 2016 election. All the Libertarian Party had to do was not nominate someone stupid. Yes. And it had it been someone who actually was a constitutional libertarian and not just a, I smoke weed, man, then I absolutely would have voted Libertarian Party in I'm 2016. Only run, I'm only running Libertarian because I can get high in all 50 states <laughs> with like, my supporters. All yeah. they had to do was, was it not... William Weld? It was Johnson. It was Gary Johnson. No one was voting for that guy. Ross Perot had a better chance. RFK Jr. had a better chance. Ralph Nader had a better chance. I would have, if they had somehow convinced Ron Paul to be the libertarian candidate in 2016, we would have had a president Ron Paul. I absolutely believe we would have. Uh, I think we would have. I don't, I Nobody don't. wanted to vote for Trump. Nobody wanted to vote for Hillary. We would have had president uh, Ron Paul. But I think you had a, a bunch of diehard Hillary supporters that really wanted to see the ceiling being broken. They, I mean, there were items out there that they were voting for that had nothing to do with Hillary. Right. And there were some that loved Hillary because I guess they had never said anything bad about her. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to think about it for a second. What? <laughs> you guys okay. will get there. So Andy says, at least when Trump says he'll do something, you can believe that whether you like his tweets or not. Well, he doesn't tweet anymore. But that reminds me of every time Trump was tweeting on the toilet at midnight and spelled something wrong. Before Twitter had an edit button. Kofifi. Kofifi. Then it was international news. Yeah. It was worldwide discussion for at least a day or two. And now we have a president that can barely complete a sentence. 
in a press conference and nobody talks about it. We just are supposed to act like it doesn't happen. It's mind boggling to me. Well, you, you know what I Here mean. Here we go. And if you, then you fold the folder and then you look this way and then you look that way and then you start to walk this way, but you turn and walk the other way. Yeah. I have received a birthday card that had Joe Biden on the front and it was happy. Um, uh, um, you know the thing. You know the thing. Yeah, you know the thing. That's exactly what it is. Yes. My yeah. birthday's coming up. I, I agree. Would you like the listeners to know when your birthday is? It's lucky. I don't get that. Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. All right. Friday the 13th. <laughs> Got it. It's actually going to be this yeah. Friday. This Friday. Holy cow. That's well, why I've received I think a we should card. do a six-hour show on Friday. Okay. We should come in and just talk about your past birthdays. Okay. The grievances you have in the, uh, against your dad and the love for your mother. I'll bring all the booze I I'm can. just kidding. I know you love them. <laughs> It'll be a festivus of birthdays. Yeah. Where I can make everyone hate me. No, I'm just kidding. My birthday gift is that everyone's mad at me. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. You're such a generous and kind I, boss. I, I love to stir the pot. So um, the governor, who I've not paid much attention to for a couple of years for some unknown reason. Can't imagine um, why. I don't know. May have had to do with personal rights, but I, I just. Screw your freedoms. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. That right? guy. I think that's why he said, I'll be back. Well, mm -hmm. he went on uh, a show this weekend and he was, uh, I think it was Howard Stern. I think it was bemoaning wimpy kids. Really? Yes. Bemoaning that this society is wimpy kids and that people went out and they did things and they were tough and they were harder and hardier. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, where has this Arnold been? Right. And then he went on The View today. Uh -oh. And said he's for a border wall, a border wall that you cannot walk through, climb through, dig under or anything like that, that we have to have an impenetrable wall. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, does he, and he know? knows something about penetration? <laughs> Just ask his staff. <laughs> his thoughts are very penetrating. <laughs> yeah. Just ask his staff. <laughs> his policies are very penetrating. I just, I, I look at, um, I just look at him, I'm thinking, where are you going? You've been so far off any kind of conservative Republican reservation yeah. for so long. And then you throw two things up. Are you trying to resurrect yourself to run for governor again? I don't right? know that I, he has I, it in him. I don't know. Well, affairs are actually um, political enhancements these days. Depending on the side of the aisle. Uh, well, unless you're a woman running for office in I Virginia, having sex with your husband on OnlyFans, then you're not qualified. And that's a problem. I think that's a, I wanted to say raw deal, but I'll just go bad. Deal. <laughs> I believe you're going for raw dog. Mike. Uh, no, I just, um, I just, so I think the pictures of Arnold decided. Schwarzenegger driving his personal tank are what is, is going to stop him from being an active politician these know. days because if he's coming from California, he needs democratic support yeah. and you're not getting democratic support when oh. he's smoking a cigar, driving his own personal. There, tank. There's a Senate race out there. I don't think he has a snowball's chance in for maybe the governor's race. But again, I think his time has passed out in California. I, I just Some are hypothesizing the governor's mansion in California will be empty soon. Well, where's the governor going? He would be replacing Joe Biden on the presidential ticket. Well, there's this thing called a clock. Mm -hmm. And a clock makes a noise called tick, tick, tick. 
And right now, every day that goes by, the Democrats don't make that move. They have less time to get it legally done. Mm -hmm. And they're going to pass a, a point of no return mm -hmm. where they can't get it done. Yeah. And that's quickly coming at them. Yeah. And they have a really hard time of telling Democrat voters, which uh, they have a large part of the minority vote, mm -hmm. both Hispanic and African-American, um, that uh, they want people of that heritage, that lineage, that race to be their candidates. Yeah. And then you're going to replace a black female vice president mm -hmm. with a white dude from California. The sleaziest I, looking white I don't dude I've ever know seen. how that goes <laughs> over with them, right? Mm -hmm. I just don't. I mean, it happens to Republicans, but for us, we can't tell the difference that they're a Democrat in sheep's clothing until we get them in office. And then we go, and we they start appointing judges. We voted for that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything? In other news, I believe Matt Gates, Gavin Newsom, and Mitt Romney go to the same barber. I the, the barber. Look, I think Gates' uh, his political future is brighter than you think it is. Um, but mine is not born out of envy or hatred or admiration. I just think mine he's a guy that's poking the bear. Mm -hmm. And right now, the people that poke the bear are becoming really, really popular because the bear is the government, and a lot of people don't like the bear. So I would. I would agree with you, except that he made a lot of the a lot of the talking heads super mad. They don't like him. Uh, that's to me. That's a that's a positive. I don't agree. That's a positive. That's a group of people that. Um, you if, think it's a positive for Mark Levin to hate you? Why does Mark Levin hate? Because of the the ouster of the speaker. Yeah. See, this is why Mark Levin doesn't have more people watching. Kevin McCarthy. Nobody likes Kevin McCarthy. But people didn't like the way, lots of people didn't like the way Matt Gates went about this. He said, if you don't do this, I'm going to, he told them what he was going to do if he didn't bring certain votes to the floor. McCarthy told him he'd bring the votes to the floor, didn't bring them to the floor. And then Gates did exactly what he said he was going to do. And people are mad at him. Mm -hmm. I thought that no was. No one expects a politician to do what he says he's going to oh, do. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> now that he's told, he's he, now that he told the truth and did exactly what he said he was going to do. For a change. Well, here's my problem with, <laughs> with people inside the Beltway in D.C. Mm -hmm. is, and I said this to someone at, at dinner the other night, mm -hmm. um, our country is facing a point, and I, and I mentioned it earlier today about Republicans and Democrats failing to do anything yeah. to run the country, right? Mm -hmm. Incremental change is done. If you went to Washington, D.C. and you got an incremental change, you change something one degree out of 360, right? Or mm -hmm. say we want to go 180 degrees and, the other, and you change it one degree. You haven't gone anywhere. You're actually going backwards. So unless you have change that is real substantive change, we're not going anywhere. We're yeah. continuing down the same road. We're just going at it in first gear instead of fifth gear. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think some of these guys that, uh, and women, men and women who are fighting the system, I'm fully behind. I may not agree with all the chaos that sometimes comes with it, mm -hmm. but I'm okay with the chaos. Well, if I had my druthers, I would resurrect Calvin Coolidge and give him his second term. Ugh, no. Slice no. it all. No, I can't do it. Cut it all down. No, I can't do it. Yep. I can't do it. All right. It is Monday. No, it's not. We do five questions here on Monday. Uh-huh. All right, so uh, we've done so much talking about politicians. This, <laughs> one, this question is right up the political All conversation. Right. Let's go. Everyone has core values, mm -hmm. all of you, and I expect to see some answers in the comments. Mm -hmm. 
$10 is too little. Don't sell for that. <laughs> so if someone were to offer you money to violate your core values, mm -hmm. how much money would it take? What dollar amount, Dr. Evil, $1 million, $1 would you take to violate your core values? Or would you just never violate your core values and die a poor, penniless person? I'm going to die poor and penniless anyway. I might as well have my values <laughs> intact. <laughs> I, I, money's never been a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I've worked hard and, and you know, I, I have been rewarded for that work, but it hasn't been the driving be-all force of that, yeah. right? Now, if someone were to offer me a secluded beach with no <laughs> sharks and amazing waves every single day, I would be tempted. I would really, truly be tempted. Joe Biden, you've heard your price. <laughs> but that beach doesn't exist, yeah. right? There's always flat days and there's always bad days and there's always onshore. There's no place in the world. I've looked it up. Believe me, I've researched it. I'm sure there's some like interior dome, mm -hmm. fake wave situation. You I don't could want do. that. I want to be outside. I want to. I, I want to be on the beach. Mm -hmm. So yes. All right. Yeah. If we don't hold our core right, we're we're already broke. Tim, I completely yep. agree with that. I agree. I agree. I and and the problem is, I wonder what little some of our politicians have sold out for when they get to certain places. Yeah. What was the Marco what Rubio? Little, what was that price for the Gang of Eight immigration deal? I just want to know. That, he actually thought that he had advisors that told him, "If you do this deal, you'll be seen as reaching across the aisle, and it will enhance you in the uh, Republican primaries with moderates." If he believed that BS, he didn't deserve to be in charge. He, he didn't deserve. We're right got back to incremental he, change. Yeah. That was a bad thing. Mm, the okay. progressives are all about in, all right. incremental change. Took a yeah. hundred years to get I us down. Some more comments from you guys. I wonder how much Jim would give. I don't think Jim would give up. I don't think Jim's given up anything. Yeah. I don't think Jim's given up anything his entire life that he shouldn't give up. Right. All right. Except texting in here occasionally. <laughs> um, na the name of someone you dated, mm -hmm. right? That's like an awful name or a name you would think this is just, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. um, they might've been a really good person. They may not have been a really good person, mm -hmm. but the name, like, one of your boyfriend's names that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I dated somebody named that. I didn't have that many boyfriends, Mike. I was a, I was a commitment girl. Okay. So I had a boyfriend for a really long time, then a boyfriend for a little a really long time. Mm -hmm. So my answer to this question is Louis. the name I would have <laughs> what my initials would have been yes. had I married one of the Okay. One of the guys. Yes. So I would have become a PP. Yeah. I would have been a PP. I would have like gone to restaurants. Your name, a PP? <laughs> I'm a PP, yes. It's French. <laughs> it's French. It's a very old name in Normandy. Mm -hmm. Just to hear them say it. Yeah. The... <laughs> There's such a part of Bart Simpson in me that yeah. just still lives. Um, uh, my really nice girl, Tiffany. We never really kind of date. We're just really, really good friends. But you hear all these stories now, right? There's people that have these whole charts on the, on the mm -hmm. never date someone named Tiffany, yeah. right? especially if they're in this profession or that profession. She was one of the nicest people. She yeah. ended up marrying a really good friend of mine. They've been married for a really long time. Mm -hmm. just, both of them are incredibly nice people. I but every time I see these stories about these Tiffany's, you're like, how bad is that? I feel bad when, when names go toxic. Alicia went toxic. Karen, is Karen went toxic. toxic. Yes. I have a lot of really nice people that I know that are named Karen. I know a ton of yes. really wonderful Karens. Yes. 
that are not like any of those Karens up in the elitist uh, Northeast. And I have known Felicia's and they were not people that you would dismiss. And so I, yeah. I feel bad with names. I was, I was Amanda hug and kiss for forever. Thanks, Bart Simpson. <laughs> I knew we could get to that joke. If I just laid Bart out there, I knew you'd pick it up and run with it. Mm. Amanda hug and kiss. <laughs> All right. Uh, since today's Columbus Day, uh-huh. your favorite explorer. Okay. All right. Favorite explorer, real, imagined, made up um, of all time. Favorite explorer. I'll give you a real and an imagined explorer. Oh, okay. Okay. So my favorite, my favorite real explorer, I'm going to go with Josh Gates. I enjoy him very much. Okay. He has lots of, he has lots of shows um, that he's been a part of. And right. I've, have a similar sense of humor as him. And so I find him very funny. Um, so Josh Gates is a lot of fun. Tora. <laughs> nice. Tora. Tora the Explorer. Tora the Explorer. Um, and my favorite imagined is Indiana Jones prior to the Crystal Skull movies. Right, you were thrown out of your family for your second answer. And I'm going to prove that to you when I get this. Right. So mm-hmm. the original one no. uh, for me, uh, Lewis and Clark. Okay. Right, I thought they did an amazing job of couldn't do anything without Sacagawea. I get, well, let's say Lewis Clark and Sacagawea. Let's okay. get all of them in there. The team that made mm-hmm. them up. And yes, they would not have without her. Yeah. So often in life. The two we, bumbling dudes we that, will discuss that followed tomorrow. the woman with a baby on her back. Yes. As we will discuss tomorrow with Davey, <laughs> the differences between men and women. Mm-hmm. We have all kinds of good stuff tomorrow. Yes. All right. Um, but yeah. So, and the other one that gets you thrown out of your family after having gone to all kinds of Trek conventions, mm-hmm. James T. Kirk. I guess you could call out an explorer. Okay. <laughs> All the, I, you're a Picard girl. I know. Hmm? You're a Picard girl. I really thought you were going to say Picard. No. No. <laughs> just a Picard girl. I can see yeah. you now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was French. With that a British it. accent. With a British accent. I know. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, favorite Halloween costume of all time. All right. So I've got pictures. So I'll show you. So um, not everyone has kids my age in our audience. So Disney's Moana movie was a big deal mm-hmm. for my family one spring. And so all the kids assigned parts from yes. Moana um, for our Halloween costumes. And we spent all summer like figuring out how to embody these different characters. Mm-hmm. And so I was assigned the role of Tefiti, who was mm-hmm. the sort of earth mother goddess character. And, but she was green. Yes. And so I, that's when I started watching makeup tutorials because I had to figure out how to become a green goddess. So this is my green goddess costume. My Tafiti costume. Very good. You look like the She-Hulk. I love it. <laughs> I don't know. That. I look like the original She-Hulk, not the current woke She-Hulk. Yes, I agree with that mm-hmm. uh, wholeheartedly. Okay. So mine was mm-hmm. um, a Halloween costume party in college. Mm-hmm. was my senior year. Okay. Um, I had been roommates with this guy for two years, three years. Um, mm-hmm. We had been friends ever since freshman year. Um, and I was the quintessential surfer. Mm-hmm. So flip-flops, shorts, baggies, t-shirts, mm-hmm. um, nothing with polo on it, nothing that was preppy, mm-hmm. none of that stuff, right? And a, a, a Braves fan all the way, yeah. right? Hated anything from the North, right? Mm-hmm. And my roommate, although he's from the South, um, had his New York Yankees hat that he loved, mm-hmm. which I found offensive at all times. <laughs> um, 
And then he had a, a polo uh, jacket and polo shirts and right and loafers with mm-hmm. pennies in them, all of that. Completely opposite of me, right? You never had to worry that one of us would grab something out of the other guy's yeah. and wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he went to the party early dressed as something else. I raided his closet and went as him. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. I went as Dale Tedder. All right. Who is now a Methodist minister in Jacksonville. Please do not uh, take <laughs> pictures and send them to him. But yeah, he was he was a little upset at first that I was in his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he kind of eased up a little bit on it. And mm-hmm. and yes. And Davey, uh there are they are screaming for pictures tomorrow, Davey. Davey, email me. I'll put it up. Yeah, if you email if you email Amanda, she'll put it up there. Email right now. All right, all right. So uh you came up with one while you're working that with Davey. Uh-huh. Best scar story. Best so, scar story. So it's, it's like Halloween. So you mm-hmm. do the email stuff with Davey because I know Davey's frantically typing. Uh-huh. So for, for me, the best scar story, I was surfing Volano Beach one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually you could get a, a couple maneuvers and then you're right on the beach. Yeah. Why well, I, I pulled off one too many. I looked over my shoulder and all I could see was sand. Mm-hmm. Right. I, thought, I was getting ready to land this off the top on the beach. So I jumped over the board. When I did that, the board turned sideways, upside down, and I had a fin on either side of my knee. And so I could feel the board just just hitting my knee and all this turbulence as the wave is breaking. I'm trying to get out of um, trying to get out of the wave and I get out of the water. And I've got just blood running down the inside of my leg. Now, I'm worried that I've got ligaments or tendons or muscles that are cut. Fortunately, it was just a scrape, Uh right? It really was not that bad. Mm -hmm. But it looked like the best scar. I got back to school (laughs) like four weeks later, and they're like, you had knee surgery over the summer? I'm like, no, it's from a shark attack. Yeah, yeah, shark attack. Yeah, just right there. And just, I mean, I was throwing all these kind of crazy stuff. That's stories, 100% looked, the best answer. It looked horrible, <laughs> but it really wasn't that bad. So I felt yeah. really good about that. Yes. So my scar story was um, from, I didn't get any scars from the dolphins. Um, mm-hmm. Those were all like deep tissue hematomas. They were just love bites. <laughs> I never got bit Love bumps. with that caused any tissue damage. Yeah. I would I would get bumped, and so then I would end up with like a deep lump in my muscle mm-hmm. for years. Um, so I was doing dolphin research in Costa Rica, and I was dating the boy that would have made me a peepee had I married him. A peepee, a peepee, <laughs> and so I got this wild hair to carve him a ring out of a coconut shell. Because we were in like Nowheresville in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There were no shops. And so I, we had been on a trail and a guy had been cutting up coconuts. Um, and so I got one of those coconut fragments. And so I'm carving it. I did a fantastic job on the ring, by the way. I am sure Sized that it was it spectacular. Perfectly. Yes. But there was, so the interior carve wasn't hard because like it's inside the coconut. Mm-hmm, and so you can mm-hmm. just roll it. It was shaping the exterior of the ring. And so there was one point where my exacto blade uh, slid off the ring and just stuck right in my leg. Yes. And so I You and still, Bobby seem to have had the same I problem. Still have a, um, I still have a small line. It's moved as I've aged and it's gotten smaller, um, but it definitely has moved. But so I'm in Costa Rica and I'm in a rainforest and they had given us the talk about like wound care because flesh eating bacteria is a real thing in the rainforest. 
and a real concern. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, if I lose my freaking leg over the stupid ring, I'm going to be a little salty about it. Yes. Um, I did not lose my leg, but I do still have a scar from carving that coconut ring. And I, and I have one other story I was really disappointed in. Mm-hmm. So I had to have a little shoulder surgery and it, it was nothing deep. Mm-hmm. It was um, dealing with a, uh, some tissue that needed to be removed, right? Yeah. And um, Al Volk, who is a phenomenal surgeon, was all worried about the scar. Mm-hmm. He didn't want there to be a scar. I'm like, can you do a lightning bolt? Just, I mean, it's a lightning bolt right there because that scar will show up for the, in it. Just, Al, work with me, right? No, no, no. So I tell him this before the surgery. I'm like, I really don't care. I'll be okay with the scar, right? Yeah. Make it out, look like a shark bite. He comes out. He's so proud of himself. It's the best work I've ever done. I think you're going to have a scar. I was like, no, Al, <laughs> lightning bolt, lightning bolt. I told you lightning bolt. You want to be Harry Potter? Oh, no, I just, I, I was a flash. The flash is, is a lightning bolt. So I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. All so right, I so do apparently have... Davey's going to take a few minutes tomorrow yeah. to bring pictures and tell scar right. stories. So Okay, fine. Oh, and Davey, I have information on the feud that is currently brewing between the two of us. So, Oh, man. I won't even tell you what feud it is. So you can worry about it all day long. And Amanda's <laughs> not going to tell you either. I but do... I'm bringing info tomorrow. He's got dirt, Davey. <laughs> I do have a scar on my face, but you can't really see it. Um, so our family bird, our, our pet bird. Mm-hmm flew out of the cage and attacked my face as a child. And my dad sewed my face up. My dad is a doctor. So, and he evidently had the hands to be a plastic surgeon or a very skilled surgeon that would have left very minimal scars on people. And I had heard that story a lot, uh, but it's actually true because he did sew up my face from a, a bird, a parrot attack. The parrot tried to eat my they're, face. They're vicious. It was jealous of me. I have a squirrel story tomorrow. We've run out of time today. Squirrel. I do. My, Mike Davis's war with the squirrels. All right. I'm going to have to write it. I'll write a note here. Hopefully people want to race it or try it. The war with the squirrels. While you were sleeping. Yes. Sorry. Yes. I lost the first few battles, but I may <laughs> have won a skirmish Sunday night. All right. This is St. Augustine this evening, the Mike Davis show with a PP and Mike Davis. And we will be back tomorrow.